comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Welcome to the DC TV Podcast, episode 23. Uh, 23 Skidoo, there was that movie, The Number 23, with Jim Carrey. Still in the double digits, we're starting to you know, work our way through our 20s. We're working some things out in college. And joining me, we had a really solid week of uh, DC TV this week with uh, The Flash, uh, Rogue Time, uh, iZombie with uh, Brother Can You Spare a Brain, <laughs> and Arrow with Suicidal Tendencies. And joining me, as always, on this quest through uh, the week of DC TV is uh, Lisa Snart's personal wig dresser, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hello. And a guy who only wanted a Pepsi, just wanted one Pepsi, but she wouldn't give it to him. All he wanted was a Pepsi, and she wouldn't give it to him, Mr. Rich the Chubtoe Sheldon. The choice of the new generation. Well, suicidal tendency joke there for your old school punk uh, listeners, of which are probably two or three. Uh, but as I said, solid week all around, I thought, for all three shows. Um the, I agree. The Flash was great with the return of the rogues and then the whole time travel uh, aftermath. I Zombie has been a lot better than I expected it to be. And uh, Arrow really like uh, redeemed itself in a lot of ways this episode. It really kicked things up a notch, I thought. Well, I, I knew that uh, I Zombie would be, uh, I thought it would be decent at least. And then it would be back because of who was on it. Yeah, yeah, I think it really opened up. Well, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but I think it opened up this week with the the um, the other character, uh, Blaine, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. The other zombie that added like a whole dimension to the story. So, Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, let's get right into it. We'll go chronologically and we'll start off with um, uh, The Flash, uh, Rogue Time. Uh, this episode 16, season one. And uh, last episode, of course, uh, ended with a huge uh, cliffhanger. Barry discovering he could travel through time accidentally while trying to stop a tsunami from destroying uh, Central City. We didn't know how it would play out, whether, you know, he'd gone back, you know, and, and, and everything, he remembered everything or not. And we find out um, this week that he does. He remembers everything that happened to him before. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's experiencing some super deja vu when the episode kicks off. Like he shows up in the morgue and he already knows what's going to, you know. The, you know, the, the sprinklers haven't been used. He knows all the details from the last episode. And it's really cool if you go through the, the, the earlier, the previous episode, all these different plot points that, um, that touch between what happened the first time in the timeline and the second time. Especially yeah. later with, like, um, with uh, with Thawne um, and and, uh, and Cisco, where he's telling him, you know, he's the closest thing he ever had to his son. It's like word for word what happened to him when he killed him in the earlier timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this timeline when he's just trying to help him through a rough, rough patch or whatever. Very brilliantly done. Yeah, well, well, well played. Really, really well played. Um, he starts talking. Uh, he starts finishing people's sentences for them. Uh, um, Wells realizes that something is up with him and takes him aside. And he tells him that he's experiencing tempor- temporal reversion from tra- traveling back in time. And uh, Wells is um, 
you know, worried by the t- the fact that he's traveled through time. He's telling him that anything he does, you know, could could have uh, not. It might not be immediate, but the, there are def- you know consequences if he tries to mess with the timeline. And Wells implores him not to do anything. And Such a hypocrite. Not even, yeah, exactly. You know, what we, mm-hmm. what we, you know, knowing what we know about him. Exactly. He's been doing it for fifteen years now. And he immediately, like Wells, after telling Barry this, immediately goes through his little time travel room. He's like. Is everything still cool? <laughs> he pulls up that newspaper that we saw before about uh, the Flash disappearing in the crisis. Um, I think it's from 2047 or something, and sometime in the future. But he he, he goes into his little uh, and everything is cool for now. You know, everything his future has remained unchanged. You know, the Flash still uh, disappears in the crisis. Uh, Barry shows up uh, at the police station. He kind of flashes back on what happened to Captain Singh and what happens to Joe and everyone else if Morton uh, you know shows up there and, and wreaks havoc. So he does exactly the opposite of what Wells tells him to do. Uh, he grabs Martin um, and he puts him in the uh, particle accelerator before he can do any damage at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, way before he's able to wh- you know, whip out the tsunami, before he's able to cripple Captain Singh, any of that. He ends up in the particle accelerator. And Wells realizes that he is messing with what happened. Which to me is the logical move for any heroic superhero that has the ability to know what's going to happen in this case, from time travel. I mean, yes, I understand the, the changing of, of the space-time continu- continuum, if you will, but we're talking about 24 hours here. And yes, some things can change. I think it's, Wells is more concerned about the change of the future for what he has planned than, than anything else. I don't think he's really... I don't think he really cares about the changing of little things in time. And, I, you know, I... I was right there with Barry. It made perfect sense to go grab him and put him in the accelerator prison. Yeah, he uses a little bit of truth and a little bit of uh, and his lie when he tells him he can't do certain things. What? Or, or that's an image, an echo, or, or right, you know. and like he's well, I mean, and it's obvious that all he cares about is keeping his timeline intact because he immediately goes to his time travel room mm-hmm. to check that. You know, he's like, he's like, show me the exactly. future, right. show me the future, and it's still the way he left it. So he. You know, he's relieved for now that Barry hasn't, like, you know, seriously messed up the time stream, you know, in any way that'll affect mm-hmm. him. Um, at, uh, he, you know, Wells explains to Barry, hey, you know, you may have avoided these consequences, but eventually, you know, it's going to work out. And, you know, karmically, kind of, it'll hit us with an even worse one if we try to change the future. Um, again, very hypocr- <laughs> very hypocritical considering who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry tries to time travel again on the, on the treadmill, which was a cool scene, I thought, just for a minute, you know. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, that was so awesome. I had a smile from ear it to ear. It looks just on that. like it did in the comic too, like with the just very exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, being coming from such a uh, so far back when it was created, I mean, it's it's pretty simple to recreate. They kept it kind right. of simple. They didn't like, um, I don't know. It could have the the look and the design is very much the look and the design I remember from like seventies mm-hmm. Flash comics, eighties Flash comics. Oh, yeah, they yeah, did they, keep it simple. They kept it yeah. exactly how it was. I could see a set designer going through or a prop guy, you know, making it more modern looking. But yeah. I thought yeah. it was perfect. Barry uh, tried, uh, is unable to time travel again on the treadmill. And Wells is warning him, you know, please don't don't mess with the future because you know, things will happen to him. Uh, he immediately goes and breaks up with Linda <laughs> because of what yeah. Iris told him in the past timeline. First, you see if Iris is down before you break up yeah, with that hot yeah, woman. Exactly. Uh, now you're back in the same place you were. Race before. into the friends. 
Well, in all truth and honesty, though, I mean, he has feelings for Iris, and it's kind of unfair for him to date her if she, if he's not going to pay attention. You know what I'm saying? Shut your I mean, mouth. Kind of You'll get sense. over it. You'll get over I it. Mean, I mean, the, the chub toad in me is saying, you know, keep the hot woman that's willing to be with you, but, you know, hey, I understand a little bit where he's coming from. I say date. And get over. Yeah, I mean, I'm. You know what? At first, I was. I, I'm not saying get married. You know, at first, I wanted no. him to be with Iris, but the more I think about it, like he's kind of wanted to date his foster sister. It, it kind of creeps me out a little. I would rather. Oh, she was in. She was into it. I would. Well, that's because it's Candace. That's because it's Candace Patton. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying I was hoping Linda would be around for a while, hoping you know, be uh, you know, kind of keeping because the I whole her, him pining for Iris thing, it's just it's already kind of old, mm-hmm. you know. And I under, I understand it, I but I have a go. feeling. I, I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of her though. I think that she'll be a constant reminder of something. You know, hit his mistake or something. You know, because she works well, they, there with Iris. Something's gonna happen. Well, that's the one thing I cry foul on. They don't need to. I don't think they needed to have him be single again to pine. Like I, I think he could have. I think he could have saw. Like they could have revealed that um, that she didn't want to be with him in this timeline. But still, but before he broke up with Linda, I think he could have said. I need to take it slow with you because I still yeah, do have feelings. I think that that should have been the the mm-hmm. conversation. Again, you know, when is they, the CW going to hire you as a writer, Daryl? I, I, I don't know. Because she already knew he had feelings. So, I mean, you going in, you knew this. We just started. Just just give me time. Let's go out. Let's have fun. We'll, we'll, we'll work right. past this. So in more awkward social uh, settings, Kaylin and Cisco yes. go to uh, Cisco's brother's uh, Dante's birthday party, and his <laughs> yeah. mother, it seems that you know his mother just totally dotes on Dante and kind of just shuffles Cisco off to the side. Uh, Dante comes over and uh, you know Cisco gives him a gift. He totally hits on Caitlin and insults Cisco, and uh, Cisco just splits, <laughs> and Caitlin, and uh, Caitlin leaves as well. Cisco goes to the bar and he meets Barry there. I guess there's only one bar in Central City, so yeah. <laughs> of course there is. So him and Barry are hanging out, and this uh, this girl comes up and uh, and starts to uh, who you know, you know this attractive woman offers to buy him uh, a drink, and they, Barry immediately thinks it's him, but it's not. She wants to buy a drink <laughs> from Cisco, and Cisco yeah. is like, "Am I being pranked?" Because you know this is a pretty attractive lady, and uh, she turns out to be a structural engineer. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. and, uh, he, he, you know, they go off to, uh, to a house together and it turns out that, uh, he's been, uh, the classic honey trap. Uh, she's Leonard Snart's sister. Yeah. Classic. Uh, no, yeah. Cisco would have slept with Cisco would have been like when he was telling Joe, I, I, I don't win. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Remember when, uh, with the, but it's just too bad that he never gets that opportunity. <laughs> you know, it gets the womp, womp, womp. <laughs> I know he keeps man. thinking he's getting pranked too, and then finally it turns out he is. He looks so young. Cisco looks so young too. It doesn't help. He looks like a high school kid. So uh, Lisa's brought Cisco to Leonard and uh, and Heatwave, uh, Captain Cold and Heatwave, and uh, he Dance. blackmails him with his brother, hurting, you know, telling him he's going to murder his brother if uh, 
you know, he doesn't build him a new cold gun and a new heat gun. His brother is a dick. Yeah, his brother is kind of a dick. Definitely. But he, he kind of turns... Yeah, but he kind of turns it around before the end of the episode. <laughs> he does, but he does something really dumb, though. You you try to run out and, and beat the guy up. You can't fight. Barry has a, a, a coffee date with Iris. It does not go well. At all. At he all. says that he, 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 he still nope. feels for her and that he knows that she still feels for him. And she shuts him down like the, you know, the lights after the game's over. You know what I mean? It's just shut down and storms out, and he is left mm-hmm. stunned, dumbfounded. You know, like somebody punched him in the gut. It was... Why Why did she go and tell her boyfriend, though? Exactly. I'm supposed to be your close friend. You, you, go you know, I mean, that was so dumb. So was, dumb. Yeah, it really was. I mean, was that, uh, oh, let's see what my boyfriend will say if somebody else wants me? Like, are you playing games, son? Kind of a, it was kind of a surprise scene. I mean, we weren't. I wasn't expecting that at all. After what happened in the, at after all. what happened in the other timeline, at I did not expect that at all. I expected, of course, yeah, and of course, Barry oh. did too. And that's what makes it even, uh, what made it even harder to take in that scene. So maybe some conflict about it. Like if she said, "I can't," like you know, like I made a commitment to him, like something like that. I could hear, but the way she just flat out was like, "No, I'm with, I'm with." You know, I'm with him. I was like, what? She was almost I, mean about it. Yeah, she I was really mean about it, actually. I thought, anyway. Kind of, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Snark kidnaps Dante and uses him as leverage to make Cisco rebuild his and mix guns. Uh, cold in the heat gun. And Lisa demands that Cisco make her a gun, too. That's pretty <laughs> and toxic and something gold. So Cisco yeah. makes her a gun that kind of turns people into gold. This is where I have a little yeah, bit of Yeah, I was a little I was a little weird for me cuz even if he even because... if he had the schematics for the other two guns memorized right how could he come on I mean, yeah that was a... He did it kind I mean, of fast. It, it's not yeah. just that is it actually gold or is it just a substance that looks like gold? Because if that's it. actually gold, he is just single-handedly in in you know ad-libbing and making a gun um, broken the alchemy you know that, no, that people have been chasing for centuries, yeah. and, and the philosopher's you know, stone. And, and, yeah. and, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just like, please tell me that that's not actually supposed to be gold. It probably encases them in, probably in that gold-plated, yeah, it's probably some sort of adhesive or whatever. And it'll probably, it'll probably turn and out that, that he did is, it, so he, it would be non, you know, it wouldn't hurt anyone. You know what I mean? Or actually kill anyone or right. something. Right. It'll surround I mean, and if it. that's the case, I'm fine with it. It's just I'm like, yeah, Cisco just on the fly solved the alchemy problem. But we see the we see uh, Lisa's gun in in use uh, when they uh, take over a casino, they attack a casino, mm-hmm. and um, Flash shows up, but then lets him go when Snart tells him he has Cisco on ice, as he says. Good, good uh, freeze pun there. <laughs> See, I was expecting Cisco to create her skates. Something. Yeah, because I mean, well, for listeners who don't know, because I'm sure they don't read the comics, uh, Lisa Snart in the comics is a golden glider, and she has uh, special skates, uh, ice skates, that allow her to do like acrobatic combat moves and stuff uh, when her brother, you know, puts down the cold. You know what I mean? So that's sort of the version in the comics. So this is you know, obviously quite different. 
And it could still happen later, mm-hmm. later on. Somebody so, else can do it. Sure. Um, when they're at the crime scene after the casino robbery, uh, Eddie punches Barry for what he said to Iris. He tells him to stay away mm-hmm. from my woman. And even after having seen that in the Paley Fest uh, teaser reel, it was still a surprise. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, Thrawn doing that. Yeah, I said Thrawn. Yeah, I wanted to mention that we had a we had a guy call us up on, <laughs> uh, call us out on Facebook for saying for uh, for saying Great. Thrawn and not Thawn and the, the Flash. And uh, I we all know it's Thawn, I think, right? Yeah. And I watch Star Wars too. I like Star Wars. I yeah, read the yeah. books. Okay, I get stuck right, on that right. sometimes. Thrawn, Prince Thrawn is a character in the standard universe, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Just wanted to be clear on that, everybody. I don't want to alienate any listeners because because we're adding. No, no, it's no big. <laughs> we do not do names, or I'll tell you now. We'll mess up names. But as a the lot. as the, uh, we get to the we get back to the uh, the the Facebook uh, st- um, comments, he was saying he made a drinking game out of it, so. If you hear us say, if you hear us well, mispronounce for something, that. by all means, have a drink of your favorite beverage. Well, I'll throw a couple of those in there every, every episode. <laughs> It'll be like an Easter egg for the show. I'm always for <laughs> drinking. <laughs> uh, Barry goes back to talk to Wells about his uh, new, you know, he's telling him all, all the havoc that's being wreaked in his life, and, and uh, Wells is telling him that. You know, um, if he goes back decades or centuries, you know, the, uh, yeah, which is hilarious coming from Wells, you know, he, it's, a, it's amazing mm-hmm. what he, he, you know, he might be able to mess up. And um, Barry, you know, asks if he should try to go back in time to save his mother. And to which Wells is like, you know, I'm saying how many more people could die if your mother lives? You know, like maybe the sacrifice of his mom dying had to be to save so many other people. So. Well, it's kind of it's kind of funny. He went back in time to kill Barry and wound up killing his mother by accident. You remember? Right. Do you think? Do you think that? I mean, because they followed a lot of the Flash Rebirth stuff Jeff Johns wrote. Do you think that we're going to some version of Flashpoint? Mm. We already are, kind of. I mean, yeah, the reverse yeah. Flash and yeah, the regular kinda. Flash present at his mom's murder, yeah. which is what started him on the path to become the Flash to begin with. So I think it'll be some version of that. I don't think it's going to be like chapter and verse out of the comic, though, to be honest. Right. You don't have all those heroes that you can use. Oh, yeah. I mean, I doubt it would be like that, but I'm just thinking, you know, I mean, well, I mean, I kind of get the feeling it looks like, you know, Wells is going towards what may have maybe um, taken pieces from the, Christ, the original Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then, you know, so... It's kind of cool, just the little things that are here and there, and yet it's making its own story at the same time. That's what the genius of this show is, well, I can is, definitely really. see them doing some sort of, like, cross-pollination of the Crisis and Flashpoint storylines. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 That'd be cool. Since he is, since he is the Flash a lot mm-hmm. earlier, being this is the Flashpoint universe right now for them, uh, he's more powerful than he was a lot sooner than he was in originally. Right. So, um, Snart tortures uh, uh, Cisco's brother to find out the secret identity of the Flash. That was hard to watch. Cisco, yeah, because he shot Dante's hands with the cold gun and was giving him frostbite. And Dante is, you know, a pianist, to put, you know, musician. Well, you like Cisco. I don't care about the brother because once he revealed all the stuff, I took your girlfriend. I right, they had a hard time. I really don't like him. But it was just the point of uh, Cisco suffering like that. I didn't like that. So that that was good. They played that really well. 
because I, I hated him. To, I hated for him to be in that situation. Yeah. And the way they cut it in the show too was cool because they uh, they they cut to Snart asking him. He's like, "What's it going to be? Am I going to have to cut off your brother's hands, or are you going to tell me mm-hmm. who is the Flash?" And the very next scene is Cisco showing up at Star Labs yeah. and just looking crushed and defeated. Oh, and man. he just comes out with it. He's like, "I uh, Snart blackmailed me. He made me build them new weapons, and worst of all, he made me tell him who you were, Barry." And Barry immediately forgives him, but it's still not yeah. enough for Cisco. He's still uh, crushed and heartbroken. He went, he says he's going to leave. Well, that was great to see though the friendship that like that everything that they have been leading up to and bonding. You know everything with them bonding together and all that. It 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 fit when he hugged him. That's for, you know like it's it's you have already established and this is only the first season. You have already established that you guys are family. I think more so than like uh, some of the other, like if you compare it to Gotham even. I think yeah. you know, it's so much more of a cohesive universe than than Gotham, you know, adapting you know, Definitely. You know a different corner of the DCU or whatever. I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm watching the first season of The Flash, even though I am. I mean, I feel like this show has been around a lot longer than it has been because of what they've been able to accomplish. And not just accomplish, but do it smartly and just with great writing and great dialogue, just... Everything has been very well done, and you know, in comparison, comparing it to Gotham, Gotham, I still feel like I'm watching the first season, and that show's still trying to kind of find its way, you know. Whereas Flash found its way right after the pilot, you know. <laughs> we cut to the containment room. Uh, Wells takes uh, Cisco down to the containment room, and Cisco's like, "Oh, great, you're going to remind me of my greatest failure, or whatever." And he says, "No, I want to remind you that we've all made mistakes." But we still work together to the common good, and he belongs there at Starbury Labs. And this is where we get the rehash of the the, the speech that we got last episode. But instead of mm-hmm. killing him, he's building him back up. And he told me they love him. Like yeah. he just went out. I yeah. mean, he didn't even you know hesitate. He just said, "We love you." Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is I think even though Wells has this evil you know plot going on in his in the background, I think that he truly cares for the people in that lab including as much as he can yeah yeah as much as he can like if if it's if it's about him not getting his goal done i'll i'll put my hand through your heart and kill you like i if but if it's a choice i will work around it if i can do other things to not kill you i'll try to do that but if you stand behind but in front of my plans to get something done i'm gonna kill you regardless but because in the alternate timeline, I mean, it even there was even pain on his face that he had to kill Cisco. You know, yeah, there was no way out of that. Like, there's no way to make him lose his memory, right. or whatever. He, like, that was it. Like, if I didn't kill him, he would, you know, right, reveal my plan. And like I said, there were there are parts of the speech that are word for word from the other uh, episode, just kind of amazing. I mean, Iris talking to her father yet? Because that's the part that made me. It made me go, what the heck is going on? I think it was during all this other stuff, but I know the scene you're talking about where... But she said, she said, Barry, you know, he, he took too long. What did she said? Something like, I would have been, I would have been into it, but he waited. No, she said he waited too long. Now, if you're telling me he waited too long, that means you had feelings. So you don't respond like you did at the table. That's not how you respond to somebody that you have feelings for. Well, I mean, Joe was seeing both sides of it. He's got his, you know, his son on one side and his partner on the other. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, he just basically told her, look, if, if Eddie's who you want to be with, then you need to prove to him that you want to be with him. 
know what I mean? You can't keep waffling like this. I mean, right. you but I know. mean the way that she did it, the way she did it before she talked to Joe, the way she did that with Barry when he had came out with his feelings, she responded in a way of, I would never like you like that, which is not true because she just said Barry waited too long. So you did like him before uh, Eddie. He was just too much. Uh, he, he just took too long to tell you. Right, but the way she responded was like, "Oh no, I don't think of you in that way." Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing that that made me throw. And it's not something you should change because uh, in real life, uh, sometimes we both don't handle things well in relationships. That's just life. So I'm glad that's you know it's good to have that conflict in there, the way she handled it because she shouldn't be perfect. Perfect. Nobody should should be should be perfect with that. Right. But that's what just made me go. You, you know, you you handle it t- t- terribly. Like you really did a terrible job of of, of um, handling this whole thing with with. Uh... Well, if you think about it, all sixteen episodes, Iris hasn't always. She doesn't really make good choices in a lot of things she does. So that's true. I don't know. Yeah, she goes. She goes with a heart. Sometimes not even hard. She just jumps and doesn't think about it till after. Not like Lois Lane. With uh, Cisco back on board, they, it's time to deal with Snart and friends. Snart, Snart bro and Sis and, uh, and company. Uh, they're attacking a truck <laughs> carrying money. Instead of just attacking him straight on, Barry knocks uh, Lisa and, and uh, Heatwave off their motorcycles, you know, at like 50 miles an hour, grabs Snart and takes him off for a private chat in the woods. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Um, Barry explains to him that he could take, you know, take him down anytime he wants, but you know, Snart's like, hey, I know who you are. You know, So they cut a deal. Yeah. And because Controversial. It is. A lot of people have a lot to say about it, but if you think about it, Barry, he can't appeal to his humanity. He can't appeal to his you know, empathy with other humans, but the one thing he could appeal to on Snart is his pride. Because mm-hmm. Snart is all about pride and pride in his craft or whatever. So he's like, look, you, know, you can keep stealing... But if you kill one single innocent person, or you come yeah. after anyone, any of my team or any of my loved ones, I will lock you away, and that will be the end. Of and it. he's not a killer killer because he could have he could have killed um, if he really wanted to. He could have killed Cisco already, right? Or he, he could have killed Cisco's brother already. He could have killed a lot could've... more people at the casino. Right, right. So he's not really a killer killer per se. I, that's why I thought it was kind of off. That he killed the the guard in the first episode he was in, um, when they were at the theater. Like that was the only out of character thing for him was to kill that guy. Right. But that's it. Like he usually doesn't do it. Like he pulls back his friend. Like his uh, heat wave is the one that goes overboard when he gets angry. Right. And he pulls him back. He's like, "There's no need to kill if we don't. You don't need to do it." The start agrees, and uh, there's that great scene where Star just kind of says to himself. Uh, uh, Barry refers to him as, as the Rogues Gallery, mm-hmm. and uh, Snarty looks at himself after Barry leaves, and he's like, "Rogues, cute." <laughs> 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 that was awesome. What was Miller's killing it? But yeah, I mean, he it, plays it well. Yeah, though. he does. He I plays mean, it so well. appealing to Smart's uh, to Snart's uh, sense of pride was was a really good play. I thought on on Barry's part. Did you see the way the way Barry stood? It reminded me of how. Um, Andy Kubert drew him standing before. Like, and there's an image of him with his 
mask off is and, and he's standing in his flash outfit and that, he looks just like it the way he's standing like his back turned to him yeah yeah you're right it looks i like i, I look it felt like i was looking at a comic book right there another uh, uh view of the uh the reverse flash tonight uh mason the uh the reporter who iris works with um who is suspicious of dr wells has a, you know has been gathering a file on Doctor Wells or whatever, and Barry remembers from the first timeline how he said he was suspicious and he had evidence on Doctor Wells. Note to self with that: if you if you think a guy is a killer, you don't tell everybody else that you are doing a story on this guy being a killer until you get the evidence you need. You don't you don't you don't tell everybody. Plus, a mysterious Stag. killer like they don't weren't really sure. They're well, still not sure what happened to Stag. Well, no, he wasn't just running around mouthing that off. He went to Iris originally in the last episode because she had connection with people that have connections with Wells. So she he was trying to enlist her into helping him find things. It's her that flapped her gums to Barry and then Barry flapped his gums to, you know, Cisco and Joe and all that. So so I don't trust it. Like I would I would never have went out of my way to say I'm investigating this dude. I would I would have said I would like to do a story on this dude or I want to learn some more stuff about this dude because he is a a public figure because of what happened at the lodge, but you don't like you just met Iris. You you're not buddy buddy with Iris yet. You you don't you don't do that with with anybody. Not if a reporter reported. Like you you're supposed to be a um, a seasoned reporter. You you don't you don't put it out there yet that you're doing that. Well, reporters amongst reporters, you know, assume journalistic integrity with one another. Well, she's not one yet. She, she's not a well, she's not really a she, reporter Technically, yet. she is. Technically, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't fault him for the for for speaking to her about it because that was there's connections he could have made there. But, yeah, you know, the mistake was is he happened to unwittingly tell the one person who you know is going to not only have connections with people with wells but unbeknownst to her has connections with the flash himself the uh the reverse flash shows up at well mason is at the uh, newspaper's office tells him you know you're on to the story of the century this century anyway and then uh fries the hard drive that has his evidence in it and kills mason um wells thinks he's in the clear but but it's the opposite because barry uh, sees a report of Mason's uh, disappearance or death on television, and now Barry is suspicious of Wells. What's really cool about this, too, is when Wells, earlier in the episode, warns Barry about if you change things, uh, things will come to pass one way or another anyway mm-hmm. in some sh- form or fashion. And instead of him, you know, vibrating through and and taking cisco's heart out now he it happened to this guy so like almost every piece of everything that happened in that last episode happened somehow to someone with the exception of the tidal wave right and instead of cisco learning the truth about uh about him barry learns some of the various yeah like it changes It, it shifts now it's even worse because instead of Cisco knowing what's up, Barry could really do something to stop you now. And then the final scene, uh, it was set up the same way as the scene before with Eddie punching uh, Barry. He walks into the coffee shop and Eddie gives Barry a big hug instead. 
Turns out Caitlin has totally saved Barry's ass by coming up with you know what Caitlin? coming up with this excuse of lightning psychosis. It explains uh, oh, explain Caitlin, Barry's yeah, uh, outburst of affection and weird behavior and everything. It's kind of mm-hmm. dopey, but it's a good enough explanation for Eddie and Iris. So. Caitlin's great. Kate, Caitlin is the greatest wingman. No doubt, Caitlin rules. Like, I, I don't know. I'd hang out with Caitlin. I'd hang out with Caitlin. Caitlin versus Felicity. Oh, I, who wins? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. I'd I like say to Caitlin. watch that fight. I say Caitlin. Oh, you mean fight or who you, who's better for Barry? Oh, uh, Caitlin would be better for Barry. Yeah, oh, I Caitlin. thought we were talking about who's better for me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what? I thought he got better. So, <laughs> no, he doesn't get better. <laughs> so the Trick Flash this week, fun. awesome. Lots of great action. Yes. The Return of the Rogues yeah. was, was great. I loved it. I love Lisa, the actress that plays Lisa there. Uh Peyton, uh, I'm trying to remember her, her last name. Oh, yeah. She's been in a bunch of other things. Uh, shows. I've seen her in a bunch of other shows before, too. I remember, I know her from the Tomorrow People. Yeah, that was one of the shows she was on. That was the last one, I think, last series. It was good. I, it's funny how he's put in the, the, the Wally. He's put in the Wally position with the Rogues. Because Barry was not... A, a hang out with the rogues type of person. No. He just took them to jail. That was not his thing. He he had, he was pretty straightforward, you know, black and white. Well, what they do in prison, uh, what a lot of, um, and I have friends who are uh, prison, they work in, in prison guards. What they do is they take the toughest guy in there and they tell him, um, you make sure that there is no problems because if there's anything that happens in here, somebody gets hurt, something happens, I'm going to come after you. And that kind of makes that guy make sure that there isn't the amount of issues that they could have because he will, he will make sure he will punish someone who wants to start trouble or do something, um, you know, that they have to come down on. And that's kind of what uh, what Barry does. It was kind of what Wally did in the comic, too. He's like, if anything happens with the rogues, they get out of hand, they kill somebody, I'm coming after you. Mm-hmm. And and that will make him step in line. Uh, the actress's name is Peyton List, um, who plays uh, Lisa Snart. I really thought she was a good addition. She has yeah. the same kind of she had the same kind of wry dry wit that um, Wentworth Miller has a snart in this too, and I, I, I'd almost venture to say the snart in the in the uh, show is a little more ruthless, a little more of a professional thief than uh, yeah. than uh, than in the comic. Um, but yeah. but I, I mean, it's even not even a matter of him being like not so bad of a guy. It's just more of a sense of like professional pride, as I see it. That he can mm-hmm. you know do what he does without killing anyone, you know. Yeah, the comic is more of a blue collar guy. He's more of a blue collar, nine to five criminal. Like I steal just enough to to do what I need to do. I don't want to take all the money. I just need enough for me and and my uh, and the people working with me. Sweet. So great episode this week. Uh, let's move on to I Zombie. Brother, can you spare a brain? And I really thought mm-hmm. the the the, um, the storyline with Blaine, uh, the guy who bit her, the guy who infected her with zombiness or whatever, has really kind of opened up this show to a whole new storyline. It's pretty interesting. Absolutely. Um, the procedural yeah. side of it this time, just a, the short version, an artist is found uh, stabbed through the eye with one of his own paintbrushes. Um, she eats the brains with a little pizza roll or a hot pocket, of, like <laughs> a bunch of hot sauce. 
I love to watch her, watch her prepare it each week. It's great. Yeah. And then yeah. because it's the artist's brain, she gets infected with like the artist's spirit. She immediately starts to paint. She feels passionate mm-hmm. toward her ex-fiance again, which gets her in more trouble with her ex-fiance. Um, yep. She starts to really feel the yeah. artist's feelings, and uh, they are able to solve the crime. It turns out it's the wife who did it because the artist was going to leave her for and have babies with a younger woman and stuff. Um, there, who played? Who played Turk's wife on Scrubs? I have to say though that scene, her getting the artistic thing and the scene with her and the um, sketch artist guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was so great. She's like, it's a little you, here. <laughs> it just takes over the sketch. That scene was funny. The scene when when they go to question the wife and how she responds to the to the model was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's sitting there and she's like, she's remembering all the sensations of that guy having sex with this with her. So she's like really into it. She's just staring at him and the, and I like the the chemistry between the cop and her. They have really good chemistry with that because he's trying to tell her to stop acting weird, like just right. stop doing that while right. I'm trying to do a, you know, I'm trying to ask a real question here and you're acting all weird and whatnot. And she's the the models holding the, the, her hand and it's it's so funny. Like you could tell she's staring at her behind and she's like, she's like I want a piece of her right now. And I like the like, way they do the right flashes now. in the show. Like yeah, like she's yeah. looking at that magazine in the one scene and says you know hot sex mm-hmm. tonight and then she immediately you know slips into that guy having sex with his model or whatever or the uh, or the art dealer's daughter. Um, yeah. I just thought it was uh, it, it was really well done, and like her, like getting infused with that spirit, and like uh, she's becoming like more of a person now that she's dead, <laughs> in some ways, than she was true, before though, she was yeah. alive. You know, it's she so she starts enjoying like Chet Baker jazz and all this other stuff, and uh, I don't know, it was it was pretty funny. Also, we had the scene with uh, with the the uh, male model where he tries to like uh, corner her in the dressing room, or whatever, right. and she kind of goes a little full zombie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. The other storyline going on through this episode is of Blaine, the guy who was at the uh, the the, uh, sh- the boat party and is the one who actually infected Liv with the zombie disease. Uh, he has been giving his brains the old-fashioned way uh, <laughs> by killing other scumbag drunk drug dealers and uh, eating their brains. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he hasn't really talked to anyone else who was a zombie other than Liv. They had that cool scene together where they're like, you know, I, they can't get over the taste of the brains. He's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I have yeah. to put a ton of hot sauce on them. I, I can't eat them otherwise and stuff. Blaine realizes that uh, she has, like, the pipeline to brains all the time and asks her, you know, if she can hook him up once in a while with some brains. But uh, as she takes, like, a little takeout bag out to him, um, they, she sees uh, him, you know, with more scumbag drug dealers and, uh, you know, walks away. And he, um, Blaine, kills those three guys inside the car and i thought it was uh, interesting the way they did that scene too no no well I, I just like how she's smart about it like you know sometimes the, the characters are too trusting right away and and she's not <laughs> so she she really um keeps him at arm's length and, and and especially with the doctor the doctor's all in it like uh you know he doesn't think that this guy is is what he is and, and she's trying to tell him you know he is a zombie and he, i don't trust him right she won't leave dr ravi alone with him mm-hmm She's smart. I, I, you know, I agree with her. Of course, in this case, he actually wasn't hanging with the scumbags. He was trying to keep away from them. But, but he um talks about full on, you know, they talk about raging out, full on zombie mode, 
which is mm-hmm. how they, you know, freak out or whatever, and, and are able to, like, kind of hulk out a little bit. They talk about the consistency and the taste of brains, how they really don't like it, uh, and how they, you know, they, they see, um, you know, people eating regular food, and they it just kills them because all they you know, really yeah. crave are brains. <laughs> I like yeah. those kind of de- you know, I like though, those kind of details, though. You know, you don't. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, if you had to do right. that as part of your thing, then yeah, that would be that would make perfect sense. You know, though the thing is, is he never mentions seeing you know synopsis flashes from the people's brains he's eaten. No, he just no. Mm-hmm. Does she mention it to him? I'm trying to remember. That she he looks at her and says, "You go somewhere." Like, where did you go? Like, he knew right. what was happening to her. So yeah. I kind of got that he does go through it. He just didn't mention well, it. But well, I it. maybe, uh, yeah. Because I was just trying to figure out: is this something that happens to anyone that's a zombie in this universe, or is it something special with her? Because he looks at her like he knew, like he it was so familiar to him. Well, I guess we'll find out because uh, we find that Blaine uh, picks up this, uh, a professional trend spotter. <laughs> <laughs> Great job there. They, they wake up together, you know, they, they go for some boot knocking or whatever and wake up in the morning, and uh, she is now zombified as well. And yeah. he says, you know, here's uh, here's your first installment of brains. Uh, you know, I'll be happily sell them to you for you know, an exorbitant price. And then uh, she salivates at the look at, you know, at the bag of brains and uh, tells the uh, maid to go fetch her checkbook. So smart. You got himself smart. a sugar mama, a zombie sugar mama. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder though, is it the is the bodily fluids what turned her into a zombie, or was it he scratched her or something before when they're in the middle of sex, and that's what did it? I don't know. I also wonder is he gonna just build a whole community of zombies out there so he can sell brains instead of selling drugs? Oh, I think so. Makes sense. I think he. I think he is considering you know that he's a scumbag drug dealer. It makes sense to you know branch out that way. And then eventually they launch a mass offensive, and we have the zombie apocalypse, and then we're in the Walking Dead. Wow, it's all a pre—it's all a big prequel to the Walking Dead, huh? Yeah, yeah. so it—it is all connected, is what you're trying to say? No, it's a different podcast. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do any okay. uh, copyright infringement there. Oh, my bad. But uh, I really like Rose McIvers as uh, Liv. Uh, the too. guy they have to play Blaine, David Anders, is a true—you know—he really gives off the air of being a true scumbag. Now, the he only does. thing I remember him in was Heroes. Mm-hmm. What else has he been from? Is anything? Uh, he's been a couple. He's done some things here and there. Uh, not as He's never been like a star of the show or something, but he's he's been in things here and there. I can't recall offhand. Yeah, Heroes is the only thing I can think of. But uh, the writing is, is really, uh, it's really smart in this show. Again, it kind of reminds me of Veronica Mars or Buffy. One of those shows is very smartly written. Like you said, the mm-hmm. the the the, um, the chemistry she has with the cop is hilarious. It is, um, it is, and there's no without it. There, there's no um, kind of will they, won't they type of feeling you get from them. So that's not there. You don't. It's just them. They're becoming friends. It seems like they work together long enough. I could see them becoming good friends, which is cool. Because oh, funny. we kind of forgot. We forgot to discuss um, her ex-fiance. You know, that whole scene, you know, she's basically, you know, still has the juices flowing from all the stuff with that artist. 
Yeah, I'm, well, I thought we were against you know, the end. I guess. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, well, it wasn't close to the end, but I mean, we can talk about it now. I meant well, I did kind of okay. briefly mention her earlier. You know, she's yeah. infused with like the the spirit of the artist, and uh, she comes on to her ex fiance. Um, I feel bad for her though. I, which I like, and, he's, and he like kind of freaks out because she's been so distant for so long, and all of a sudden she, mm-hmm. you know, she you know can't stand to be away from him or whatever. So he asks her to leave. I, I feel bad for both of them. Like, I understand both sides of that too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it does. You do. You do. You do feel. You do. You do feel. You could look at both sides and understand why she doesn't want to tell any tell them, and and you can, try, you know, you kind of get why she doesn't want to be with him because she doesn't want to hurt him. It's, you know, she she right. she kill herself if she turned him into a zombie too. Um, I was a little surprised by his reaction. I mean, I'm not really, but at the same time, you know, if he's really not want, you know, if he feels she's blown it and doesn't want that with her, why does he continue to hang around her and her roommate and her mother and all that other stuff? Because he's still stuff? in love with her. Because he's in that stage of you still, you still want to be with her. And if um, Blaine yeah. slept with that woman and made her a zombie, if Liv slept with him, would you, would he be infected too? Yeah, and that's the problem. She doesn't know. Like, how do you? There's no other zombies to to understand what does it and what does what changes a person and what doesn't. Like, they're still trying to figure it out. And like, how do you expect him to? What if you find out you can't change and you got this guy? You know, kind of stuck. Like, she doesn't want him to be stuck, but at the same time, she doesn't want to lose him either. So it's it's rough. It, it's it's a rough thing. It's not a it's not like Arrow where you could be with the person, and you're just being too ridiculous to get over yourself. This is like a real thing to keep him her from being with him. Right, but she could turn him into a zombie, and then they could undead live happily ever after. I don't kinda. think she wants to do that. You know, sit down, have a nice dinner, plate of spaghetti and brain balls, and oh you know. no. no! If you really love somebody, I don't think you would infect them knowingly with that no, kind of no. thing. I mean, yeah. I, I know I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't want to do that. I know. I'm just, I'm just playing. Oh, and you? No, you get meatballs. You don't want brain balls. If you're a spaghetti. zombie, you do. No. Okay, That's so hard. on to the arrow. <laughs> Suicidal. We're going to a weird brain ball area here, so let's just move on to the arrow. No, suicidal tendencies. Oh, no. This is the name of the episode, episode seventeen, season three. Yes, the marriage of Lila and Diggle. Mm-hmm. For all those people that were talking about, I'm sick of these flashbacks with the kid. You know, with uh, Oliver with the kid. Well, they gave you something new with the flashbacks. Oh, you had Lawton with a different kid. Yeah. Which- <laughs> Which I like. I like the flashbacks with him a lot. I did too. I thought they worked yeah. pretty well considering yeah. the story. Lila and uh, Diggle have their uh, their wedding, and uh, the officiate doesn't show up. Uh, Oliver shows up 15 minutes before the ceremony, uh, being the best man. You know, he's like, yeah, but we had you know pictures at noon. Uh, Ray Palmer officiates the wedding. Uh, they're married, and the the ceremony goes off without a hitch. But during the reception, everybody gets a phone notification. Arrow returns to killing. It's a, a news headline. Um, and Oliver realizes what's going on. There's Arrow imposters killing in his alter in his alter ego's name. 
Uh, dun, dun. But he wants to do it without Diggle or Lila. He says, you know, hey, you know, you guys go off. You already, you know, Diggle, you already followed me on One Fool's Errand and not to power about last you know, episode. <laughs> um, you guys go off and have your honeymoon. But unfortunately, yeah. that doesn't work out for them because uh, they're soon snapped up by Amanda Waller. Who needs them for an operation. And then the episode is split up between the two storylines. You have Ollie dealing with the League of Assassins imposters, uh, killing while looking like the arrow. And then the other storyline of uh, Diggle and Lila and the Suicide Squad, which in this incarnation is Diggle, Lila, uh, Deadshot, and Cupid. Uh, the new recruit oh, is, yeah. is Cupid. Um, so their honeymoon, not what they expected. Yeah, she is Harlequin for this team. Kind of. She's... That's what I was going to say. It, it reminded me a lot of of HQ. Yeah, they couldn't really use her, right? You can't use her right now. Um, that's why she 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 played that part very well. They're being sent to uh, um, rescue a senator that's been taken hostage by terrorists uh, in a hospital who's uh, funding in Kaznia. So they get dropped behind enemy lines into Kaznia to free the, the senator. And this is when we get the first flashback of Floyd Lawton, a.k.a. Deadshot. And we get his uh, whole backstory of him, you know, coming home from the war, uh, having PTSD problems, uh, not being able to relate to his wife and his child, um, and then getting, his, uh, getting sent to jail. Uh, and that's when he gets um, approached by a mysterious woman, and uh, she tells him his bail has been paid and he's free to go. As long as he, you know, kills for them and the hive she works for. Did you guys get that name dropping there? Oh, yeah. I definitely got that. She said, I'm just a drone in what you could call a hive. Um, mm-hmm. She uh, she tells um, him the love and family are a distraction and then offers him his first target, which turns out to be Diggle's brother, Andrew. Right. Dun, dun, dun. And then someone else kills him. We know that already. Right. But he, um, we find that, well, <clears throat> we'll get to that anyway. Uh, to follow the Kaznia story, um, they get uh, they get to uh, where the senator is. They, they start to break in to save the senator. And it turns out that uh, it's a double cross. The senator himself hired the mercenaries to make him look good so he could run for president after he saved all these people. Right. But now that the, uh, you know, the Suicide Squad has outed him, uh, he's going to have to kill all the hostages and, and come out himself. Because he turned the hostages into witnesses. Uh, Deadshot was uh, hurt in the uh, struggle, and um, Diggle goes to patch him up and sees that he has tattooed on his body all the names of the people he has killed, yep. including his brother, written there on his chest. I don't know if you guys caught that. Oh, I did yeah. catch that. So Andrew Diggle is like right there, tattooed, and he, he, right. he even looks at, uh, at Diggle and says, you still want to patch me up after he sees it? Um mm-hmm. The um the squad devises a plan to stop the senator by by distracting him and, and, and deploying Deadshot as a sniper, um, but Deadshot has a plan of his own kind of. Um, he has to stay behind to give them covering fire and uh, Cupid uh, got her butt saved by Deadshot during this op has kind of fallen for him along the way very Harley Quinn style mm-hmm. as you said oh very and. Yeah. Uh, Deadshot says the only way they're going to make it is if he stays behind. And he says, you know, you get home to your little girl. I'm not going to ever be able to get home to mine. And he looks at the photo of her. And then a few seconds later, the hospital explodes. Presumably right. killing Deadshot. But as we all know, what, go ahead and Come say on, it with me, guys. 
Nobody. <laughs> no nobody. Nobody. No death. Yep. Okay, so we know we're going to see him again. But he does sacrifice yeah. himself. And uh, later, you humanized him now, so you, you kind of made him ready to be on the team. Right, and they gave him more of a backstory, which is really cool. He's not just another guy with a gun, you know. Mm-hmm. Which in that, that was does, cool. Does Diggle realize that his brother's death was an assignment from the from Waller? Well, Deadshot only because Deadshot Dick- only kills professionally; he doesn't kill for fun or sport or anything. So. Right. I'm sure he right. would assume if Deadshot I'm, killed him, it was a contract. But I, I don't know. Well, if I'm trying to remember. Him. I'm trying to remember. Didn't they have a conversation where he did? He told him that he. I was thinking that because I'm thinking Diggle has to know now how the inner workings of the Suicide Squad, how it works, and basically, you know, if you're put on an assignment, you don't have much of a choice. Uh, especially when you're one like Deadshot or whatever. I don't know. Have they gone into the? I'm trying to remember. Have they gone into? They the said whole something about it, it. The way they explained it, it, they made it when it came out of it. It wasn't like Floyd went in and killed this. It, it like he was supposed to kill this guy. Something happened though. Like someone else made another shot, did a kill shot or something. I could have sworn it was something where someone else made a kill shot. He got another name for someone else, and he and he and then you, you find out that it wasn't. It was something else, and not just Deadshot. I can't remember. When, man. Uh, but Diggle come... I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Yeah, yeah I think because they did have a conversation about it when they were working together, and and he told them like he kind of warmed up to to Diggle, like I'm not the guy, like I I know you want to come after me, like I'm the one responsible for it, but I'm not the I'm really not the one. It's bigger than me. I remember him saying something like that. It was bigger than me. I have to go back and check that out because season one and two are streaming on Netflix, so yeah, easy enough yeah, to go back and check. Yeah, we could talk about it next. next when uh, Diggle returns, him and all uh, from from uh, his adventure, uh, him and Oliver drink a drink to Lawton. Yeah, which they've set up that when they do that drink, you know, that they get together sometimes after a mission and have that drink. Right. Uh, back in Starling City, Oliver goes on the hunt for his imposters. And he realizes now that Maceo is leading the group of assassins to take out the Arrow's good name. Uh, they want Oliver to return and accept Rachel Gould's offer, of course. Mm-hmm. Was that Maceo at the end of last week's episode? No, no, so that, say, was, that, no that was Rachel. That was Rachel Gould himself. Okay, yeah, that was. Okay. It's, it's definitely Maceo. At the, Maceo at the end of this episode. Oliver's not the only one looking for the murderous arrow. Uh, Ray Palmer has kind of made it his mission <laughs> to take out the arrow, and uh, oh. he he when uh, when Oliver is taking out some imposters. He uses some facial recognition software that Felicity made, and he just he figures out that Oliver Queen is the arrow. Yeah, yeah. Stop making stuff for him. He uh, spills Felicity. the beans to Felicity. They know the identity, and he says, um, "You know, I thought, you know, how can I trust you? You kept this from me all this time, and uh, a lot of very CW scenes here." Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. the best way. It's, it's true. It's the best it's way I can put it. Um, but yeah. he, he believes he has to stop Oliver. Even though Felicity tells him that Oliver's not behind these killings, that someone is framing him, uh, you know, uh, Ray's like, how can I believe you after you lied to me about this? So, Yeah. How um, can you look at Felicity's face, though, and be mad? I mean, come on. 
<laughs> so uh, Oliver and uh, um, Oliver and Roy get a nine one one call. They show up at the warehouse. But it turns out it's just Ray drawing him out, and uh, we see the Adam costume in full uh, mode this time. Yeah. yeah, and it's somewhat somewhat <laughs> impressive. <laughs> it's and pretty I, impressive for CW budget TV. How about that? Put right. it that way. Right. Yeah. It's so stiff. Like it's, it's very just... stiff. It's very. It's much stiffer than like an Iron Man suit or whatever. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it does have flight, though. It flies around, and he shocks the holy hell out of Roy. I was really worried. He, like, knocked Roy back, into like, a wall. You know, 10 yards into a fence. So I was like, damn. He just, He's still there. He just killed Roy. <laughs> He's still there. Nobody checked on him. I know. I was going to say, did we see Roy in the episode after that? <laughs> well, we did. No, His did. head was ringing. I'll tell you that, man. He's probably glowing <laughs> like a neon light. He Oliver him. goes while they're drinking. He goes, "We forgot something." Wait, where's Roy? <laughs> <laughs> he's still laying out in the parking lot, you know, shaking like he's been tased for eight hours. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Oliver. Um, Oliver and Adam fight. Like I said, he takes Roy out with an electric shock, and he's about to take Oliver out. And Oliver sees where the um, the uh, um, power pack is on his suit and, and disables him. Totally takes his whole armor out and raises their powerless, and he pulls an arrow on him. He's like, "Look, if I was the killer you thought I was, I would wipe you out right now." Um, he says, "Look, uh, Felicity chose you. I want her to be happy. Um, you should trust her." So, and he pulls his arrow away and walks off, presumably to go help Roy. I hope. Right. <laughs> you would right. think. Right? Uh, Ray takes Oliver's words to heart. He apologizes to Felicity. Uh, Earning back her trust, and they uh, they kiss and make up. Um, uh, when Ray goes down to City Hall, he's trying to clear the Arrow's name. He tells the mayor he no longer believes the Arrow is behind the killings. And just as that happens, <laughs> the mayor is shot with a green arrow <laughs> by Maceo through the window, and thus ending the episode. Uh, oh wait, no, Maceo has one arrow trained on the mayor. At the end of the episode, we see his uh, arrow trained on Felicity. He takes aim. And the screen cuts to black, and you hear the sound of the arrow being shot. Yeah, and, and now I'm angry. If Felicity dies, we riot. Is that it, Chubb? Exactly. Right, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, this. I would think that this is just the this is the thing. Like her getting hurt would probably be the thing to to make Oliver kill his friend. Yeah. I think that's where it's going. Let's do that, because I like Missy as a character. I do, too. But I, I think it's going to be the tragedy. It's going to force him to do something he doesn't want to do, and that'll be his tragedy. But, so for another few seasons, he cannot love Felicity. I uh, I was really impressed with this episode, especially after the lackluster couple episodes we've had. Of Arrow. Yeah. This was uh, a yeah. welcome return to form for me. We had the Suicide Squad. We had a really that cool storyline going on in Starling City. Mm-hmm. Except for the bit of CWness there with me. You know, I can't trust you. Who can I trust? You know, all that. I <laughs> I was totally on board with this episode. I was very happy with it. I like the different flashbacks for that. I would, I would be cool if they did that for Roy, too. Like, we never learned why he could fight. Right? Right. That's something I've been thinking Better. about. It's like. I'm, I really like Roy's character, and 
you know, he's pretty much been relegated to this just the sidekick, you know, no real mm-hmm. no real investment in his character at all anymore. It's just he's there, you know, and I think that that's a cool character that they really need to do some more, you know, in-depth character building for. I would love to see that. I would have loved to have seen Sarah training. Mm-hmm. With the league, I, I would love to see flashbacks with her. Well, I did like um, the way they had Sarah's thing in this episode where they didn't, you know, have her train with Nissa, but she had like a brace on her arm. And, you know, yeah. And I think Oliver yeah. asked her, "How did you get that?" And, oh, I'm training with somebody who's a little more aggressive now. You know, and that, that's cool. Yeah. You know, she can do a little right. training thing in the background, and then come out stronger as a black canary. I'm all for that. Yeah, just be the lawyer. Don't 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 come out as right. uh, black canary. She didn't need to be black canary anymore this season. Right. Just have her oh. training. Well, and and the thing too is we could still get those flashbacks of Sarah we uh, through like Nissa, that would be yeah cool. that, yeah we could we could do that like I would love to see that I would be love a great to way to have they, her back on the show yeah how they fell in love how they you know they train together all that type of stuff I would like to see that I'm hoping I mean you could do that with Diggle too and Diggle's wife and I'm hoping maybe we see some of that with this you know All Star Showcase uh, you know spinoff show we're supposed to be getting next year so. Because yeah, they said they're bringing Katie Lawson for that. Yeah. Uh, I, I still, the, the thing that really gets me though still is I, I look at that suit and I still say to myself, why did they pick the Adam? Why did they, why did they pick the character of the Adam if they're not, if they know that they're not going to do the, the shrinking? I can tell you that. if you want. Okay, why? He said in a few episodes back that it was powered, powered on white uh, dwarf store technology. So I think that's, that's well, that's what made the Adam shrink in the original comic. I know. Right. So I I'm know. thinking somehow down the line they're going to tie that in because obviously they're oh, not, I don't think they're going to be able to keep the budget where he's going to be able to use the suit every episode either. You know, but I'm cool yeah, with that. I'm fine so. with that. I'm fine with the changes to the character. I really I don't mind. It just seems so like the it's just the armor thing. I just I don't know. I just keep I keep thinking of him more of um, Blue Beetle. He comes off as Blue Beetle more to me than he does yeah. Ray Palmer. Maybe that'll be the second iteration of the suit. The B model. I would love that. Like he 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 it's one of those things where he's named one character, but he has the characteristics of another right. more. Um like he's so te- he like he he he's just so much of more of a tech cord to me. The awkwardness that he has, even though he has money. He has to come off as being the arrogant rich guy. Like Daryl like Daryl Dixon was more of a Tyrese than Tyrese was in The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I didn't like, even I, think about that. He is he is almost uh, exactly Ted Cord. Uh-huh. He's so likable. Like Ted Cord was likable. He, he he has a sense of humor. Like Ted, you know. Oh, we'll see. Self deprecating sense of humor that Ted Cord has, and I could just see him being in a suit. It doesn't have to be fully suited, but just a, a more armored suit, like a like a Batman type armored suit. I mean, like something where he can't do all the jumping and stuff, but it protects his body right from injury. There was a cute scene with Laurel and and Palmer in the interrogation room where he's trying to convince her, you know, to arrest uh, Oliver Queen. Yeah. and uh, she says, "How'd you figure this out? X-ray vision." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought that was nice. pretty, pretty smart. Pretty cool. But uh, Arrow, great episode this season or this uh, mm-hmm. this week for sure. It, it got better. It, it really the, got this better. whole week was good. DC. Yeah, TV. I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, 
Uh, let's move on to Los News. Uh, the Jeez. first thing I want to do with the news, okay? If you haven't seen this video yet, by all means, go to the DCTV podcast group and look at this video. Um, Jesse Martin and Rick Cosnett and Carlos Valdez singing the theme song to Firefly. That was awesome. Now, a little background to this. Uh, Rick Cosnett and Jesse L. Martin are doing a Kickstarter of a short film called The Letter Carrier, I believe, or The Mail Carrier, mm-hmm. something like that. And Joss Whedon uh, contributed quite a bit to their Kickstarter. So they wanted to do this as a, um, a tribute to him, you know, to kind of thank him for, for contributing to their Kickstarter. And they uh, roped in Carlos Valdez. So you have the cast of The Flash singing a really awesome gospel three-part harmony version of the Firefly theme song. If that's not geeky enough for you, then you should listen to a different podcast. Because that is like eight, eight levels of geek there, you know. And, you know, I knew Jesse L. Martin could sing because he was in Rent on Broadway and stuff. But I had right. no clue that Carlos Valdez and, and Rick Cosnett could sing as well as they do in this, too. They nailed it. Yeah. I was so impressed. Well, and that project looks cool, too, that they're working it on. It does. Just, yeah. Yeah, check that out for sure. Uh, we got a first look at the Batman Unlimited Animal Instincts uh, cartoon. Thanks to uh, DC Access. And it's also on the DCTV podcast uh, Facebook site if you want to check that out. It's a new iteration of animated Batman. Him working with Arrow, Flash, uh, Nightwing, and Robin. So, cool lineup there. The, the Flash is now at 3 million viewers a week. That is live viewers. That is not counting the plus 4 or the plus 3, plus 7. Oh. So, that is the biggest the CW's ever had. Um, they mm-hmm. even put out a little press release thanking all the viewers and all the supporters for making it. I mean, because it's a big deal considering that they're not in all the markets. Right. CW is not in all the markets, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, for CW, that, that's huge ratings. It's bigger than anything they've ever done before. So, mm-hmm. um, Arrow, by, by Had, contrast, gets about half that. So, yeah. Have we seen ratings on iZombie yet? I have not, no. No, I, I looked I, for them. I didn't see anything. All I saw for the first one is that they said that they were steady. They were positive and steady, but they weren't. You could tell by positive and steady that they weren't super high, but they weren't. But they were in the range of what they they feel are good ratings for that. Show. I can see that being a word of mouth type show too, where more people, more people glom onto it as, right. as go by. Because you know, I don't think a lot of people knew what to expect. And now that, you know, it's getting good good ratings and or it's getting good reviews, good notices, I think, mm-hmm. you know, more more and more people will check that out. I hope so anyway, well, it's a good show. With three million viewers on the lead in from Flash, you know, you'd hope if they even if they retained half, that's still pretty impressive for CW. Yeah, I think so. We uh we got a look at Jesse Eisenberg's shaved head today. Or this week. Uh, the latest uh, Batman v Superman release is a picture of Luthor, Lex Luthor, and it's just Jesse Eisenberg with a shaved head. So, which is exactly how the concept of all the people with Photoshop when he was first announced, it, it, how he looked. Right. So, Only um, this is for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I was like, okay, I was expecting to see him like you know in some sort of a suit or something that said Lex Luthor, but it's just bald Jesse Eisenberg. We, uh, yeah, that's all I <laughs> Funko, uh, Funko Toys is uh, putting mm-hmm. out figures from uh, Arrow and the Flash, including the new uh, version of the Reverse Flash. 
and the toy looks pretty cool. Definitely wanted to shout that out. So if yep. you're a toy collector like I am, yeah, check that out. Um, they've been doing a lot of really, Funko's been doing a lot of really cool figures lately. I, I got a Snake Plissken from them. Uh, it's mm. pretty sweet. Uh, we also got some cool uh, artwork from Mikey Wood up on the DCTV podcast uh, uh, Facebook group, so check that out as well. Oh, yeah, that is cool. A little rendition of Arrow. It's now my iPhone wallpaper. Um, that's, uh, we also have uh, one more, one more thing here. Um, Vartox has been, uh, um, cast for, uh, the Supergirl TV show that is currently filming. Uh, Vartox was mainly a Power Girl villain, um, in, in the comics, mm-hmm. um, kind of, uh, James Bondy or not James Bondy, Sean Connery looking kind of, um, yeah. But uh, definitely uh, going to be part of the Supergirl TV series. So I don't know. They're drawing. They're drawing some really. They're going really deep into the well there. No, they are. They really when are. When it comes to oh, yeah. uh, so, I mean, they have the lumberjack and uh, that one really surprised me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I had all but forgotten about the lumberjack until mm-hmm. that news came out. Who's next, Terra Man or? I don't know, but pretty much all the DC TV and movie news I have for the week. Uh, we have a Facebook group if you'd like to keep up and updated on that kind of stuff. It's the DC TV Podcast Facebook group. We are at 149 members, so we need like one more for 150. Um, we're still trying to catch up to the 168 that the It's All Connected podcast has, um, and, and our uh, listenership is about the same as theirs. So, like I said, once we catch up to that, I have a really cool. Uh, Constantine limited edition art print that I got from my local comic store that I will give to the person that puts this over their total. So that's a little contest. Let's do it, people. Um, All the new episodes go live on there first. We also have uh, um, all kinds of news uh, posted by all kinds of people dealing with DC uh, TV and movie news. Uh, If you want to keep posted on that, it's a great uh, idea to join the group. So please do so. Uh, DC TV podcast Facebook group. And one of the things we do on the group is ask you, the listeners and viewers, what you think of each show. And this week um, was no exception. We got some really good comments about uh, The Flash, Rogue Time, first of all. Uh, Brian Arnold wrote in, I'm disappointed in this week's Flash episode, not because of the episode itself, but because it negates some of the cool developments of last week's. Uh, episode. Barry reveals to Iris, Iris confessing her love to Barry. It was a fake out and not in a good way. At least we got Cisco back quickly and it was good to see Wells have a better moment in Cisco than he did last week. Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> I'd say he had a better moment. Uh, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Definitely. Uh, Robert Cooper wrote back, uh, see, I disagree, Brian Arnold. I like how Barry has set up cold with rules. That's an old trope from the comics. Uh, plus, the Iris thing needs to cool off for a while. Uh, I am very intrigued by the cat and mouse game that Barry and Wells Zoom can play. I'm fine with this going into season two. I'd like to see Barry get more mastery of the Speed Force before he confronts Zoom. Plus, I want to know more about this crisis that Zoom is pushing Barry toward. Uh, I know this is a Arrow, Flash, whatever the new show is, but let's hear more about it. Plus, let me say that Golden, Gl- uh, Golden, Golden Glider and SA. Who am I missing here? Should be in the movie universe, uh, even if they aren't in the same continuity. Uh, they're just so good in the roles. Uh, I'd love to see them both interact with Superman and Batman. So Gigi is Golden Glider. Mm-hmm. Who who is SA? Who am I missing there? 
Arrow. Uh, is this someone from Arrow? Or I'm just being really dense. I can't think of who it is. I can't think um, who it is either. Me either. <laughs> Rob Cooper, please tell the co-host it's Thon, not Thrawn. It's a drinking game at this oh. point. Okay, just throwing that out there. Uh, Johnny M. from the It's All Connected podcast, which you should listen to, by the way, because they cover all the Marvel stuff the way we cover all the DC stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm an equal opportunity geek, so I cover both. So I listen to their show as well. And right now they're covering Jeez. Agents of yep. S.H.I.E.L.D. They're going to be covering uh, the Daredevil show that's starting up in just a couple weeks uh, and all the movies this summer. So And how they're connected, hence the name. It's all connected. But Johnny M. says Flash is awesome every week. Even the eye-rolly stuff works somehow. When things started going badly, I really thought they were going to have Barry do the run again so he could start the day all over. It uh, didn't happen yet, but I still think it could. Um, Brian Arnold also wrote in, I hope they don't leave the original timeline hanging. It seems awkward to have that situation with Joe and the Tidal Wave unresolved. My new band name will now be Joe and the Tidal Wave. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Gaines writes in, Flash, I appreciate they decided not to do the beat-for-beat beat repeat of last episode with Barry altering the timeline slightly. Watching Barry fail badly with Iris is kind of fun, but I'm twisted like that. What exactly is Golden Glider's power? Well, as I said, we mentioned in the comics, she's like a, an ice skater acrobat combatant type. And in the show, she has a gun that shoots gold stuff at you. So there you go. And uh, and I'm thinking in the new 52 Flash, she actually does have some metahuman powers, but I can't remember. Wait, which one again? Golden Glider. I'm trying to remember. I was thinking that she got some metahuman powers. She the did. They all did. She had cold-based powers, like to lay down her own ice or something? It was something I... where they all got powers, but they were killing them, and they had to... The experiments yeah. they did on them, were it was killing them, and they had to take the powers away or something like that. Mm. I can't exactly remember. I haven't seen her in, in, in the comic a little in a little while, but it wasn't help. She couldn't control it, and she would right to be more cold. Then she couldn't turn it off. They couldn't turn off their powers. That's what it was. And Lucas King from the Handicast wrote in uh, this episode. Of the Flash was great. Barry mouthing, "Oh my God!" as he walked away from Cisco in the bar, made me laugh much too loud in an empty apartment. Uh, we also got some comments about iZombie. Uh, Mike Jones wrote in, iZombie is my new favorite show. I love the cast and how they play off one another. Uh, it's a nice change of pace from The Walking Dead and more of a Shaun of the Dead style TV show. My wife, my wife also loves the show and said she expected it to be awful, but is very surprised at how good it is. I'm with you on that, man. I, um, Me too. I, I, you know, I do, didn't expect a lot, and so I've been pleasantly uh, you know, overwhelmed by it and kind of, kind of surprised. Uh, Amy Evans also wrote in, I, I'm loving it. I find her brain eating with condiments really funny. Me too. Oh, yeah. And, Good show. Yeah, and now let me bring up our comments for Arrow, Suicidal Tendencies. Uh, Dom Heaney wrote in, I think Arrow is the best superhero show this week, which I think for the whole CW universe is great and a sign that eventually the two, or however many shows we eventually get, may share the spotlight rather than overshadow each other. Um, John Davis wrote in, no Thea and Malcolm helped <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Laura looked hot at the wedding. Crap is going to hit the fan next week. I don't think Mayor Lautner is dead. And uh, Joseph Gaines wrote in, Arrow, I don't know what to write about this episode. I'm having a difficult time finding something redeemable. I'm open to suggestions. Wow. Mm. Not for everyone last, last week, I guess, so. 
I think we mentioned this last week, though, but the Arrow Flash spinoff show is going to be launched mid-season next year. Mm, okay. So that's pretty pretty fast-tracked uh, show there. I guess they're they're looking at the success of of the of, uh, of the Flash and really wanting to capitalize on that. <laughs> and uh, I I should hope that Adam that the Adam can find another place for his battery pack because it's going to be a rough show if, if all you got to do is just knock that little piece off. Yeah, those double A's, you knock those double A batteries <laughs> off, and uh, <laughs> that's it. It's all over, that's man. It. Yeah. Isn't that how he stopped Barry from going all crazy nuts when they had their crossover? He just flicked some little arrow, mini arrow at him or something. No, he had he had stuff he set up. There. He had like traps set up and right. he kept him off balance. He slowed him down and he kept he kept hitting him with explosive arrow. Right. And he would hit him with this and explosive arrow and then the, like he kept. He, he kept him uh, kept him occupied until him. Wells and Cisco could show up with the disco lights to counteract right. Prism, right. Prisma's effect. Yeah. Adam was pretty quick. He beat him pretty quick. <laughs> Battery pack off. And maybe that's one of the reasons yeah. the suit didn't look so great is because it is the first prototype. Just like the first Iron Man suit was, you know, what it was. Of course, he was in a cave in the desert, but still, you know, maybe this and is... He built it from scraps in a cave. Right. right, but I'm just saying is this is probably just the first iteration, you know, it's going to probably evolve, and then hopefully we get out of the evolvement of it, an accident happens or whatever that, you know, allows for the shrinking. And That's what I'm I thinking. So. That, that's what I'm thinking. I hope so. That's, that's what I'm hoping Absolutely. For. Okay, well, that's the DC TV podcast for this week. If you enjoyed it, and I hope you did because you've been listening for about an hour and a half now, uh, if not, you're just too lazy <laughs> to turn off your phone or your MP3 player. Uh, then by all means, please go to hhwlod.com. It's the home of the HHWLOD Media Network. Um, we have podcasts there for a lot of great uh, genre TV shows. If you like the DC TV shows, I, again, like I said, you probably like the Marvel ones as well. I know I do. Uh, definitely go check out It's All Connected at that site. Uh, they cover all of the Marvel Studios uh, output and uh, talk about how it's all connected in one big uh, happy universe over there. We have the Walking Dead TV podcast, and as we record this, the uh, finale is about to, the 90-minute finale is about to air tonight, so we'll be having an episode, of course, uh, pretty out pretty soon about that. Also, it'll be showing the teaser trailer from the new uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, I really hate that title, um, Me too. TV show, so we'll be talking about that as well, so the Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, we also have the Ichabod Crane cast covering Sleepy Hollow. We have uh, um, Out Now with Aaron and Abe covering all of your new movies as they're out in theaters. And uh, all kinds of goodness over there. So check it out hhwlod.com. And if by some weird stretch of the imagination you exhaust all of those possibilities, then by all means, go to where the mogul himself reigns supreme, the, tar- the Taylor Network of Podcasts at the Taylor Well, don't put the in front of the Taylor. Right. Just put Taylor, Taylor Network of Podcasts.com, uh, where you will find a veritable plethora of geeky podcasts. Uh, no apologies. A cornucopia, if you will. If you will. Or if you won't. Uh, no apologies. We got uh, JK's Happy Hour, the uh, Comic Rack Snark Fest, uh, Arts and Crap. Uh, we got uh, Nothing's On, where we cover TV and movies, myself and Daryl and uh, and Donnie Salvo. Um, all kinds of good stuff over there at, at uh, TaylorNetworkOfPodcast.com. Check that stuff out immediately, if not sooner. After you check out the HHWLOD stuff, of course. And until next week, we have more DC TV to talk about. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. 
No problem. Thrawn, yeah. Thrawn, Thrawn, take, take three drinks. <laughs> now you want everybody to pass that. And we are good. Good night. Sometimes I try to do things that just doesn't work out the way I want it to. And I get real frustrated. And like, I try hard to do it. And I take my time, but it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. It's like I concentrate on real hard, but it just doesn't work out. And everything I do and everything I try, it just turns out. It's like I need time to figure these things out. There's always someone there going, hey, Mike, you know, we've been noticing you've been having a lot of problems lately, you know? Maybe get away. And like, maybe you should talk about it. You'll feel a lot better. And I go, no, it's okay, you know? I'll figure it out. Yeah.